This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We're going to be talking about artificial intelligence, something we've been keeping our eye on here on the show. We'll get back to your calls uh, throughout the morning. Don't worry. Um, Artificial intelligence, we've seen that technology become pretty commonplace in one particular area, which is chatbots, right? You've heard of ChatGPT, for example. Um, it's artificial intelligence tech that essentially can write almost anything. And, you know, literally, it can write poetry, scripts, news stories, fiction, you name it. You can literally say something like, you know, hey, give me a grade 10 level book report on Macbeth written in the style of Mark Twain, and it'll do it in seconds. Boom, comes right back. It's powerful, powerful stuff. And educators are going to be on the front lines here trying to sort all through this because a lot of kids are going to be handing in essays written by machines. But research papers, can they be written by chatbots too? Um, Well, if anything can, can they? A group of researchers recently set out to find out just what kind of papers might be turned in and if they hold up if they pass muster. So we're going to speak now with Dr. Esli Osmanliu, who is an emergency physician at the Montreal Children's Hospital and conducted this experiment. Doctor, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. Hi, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you. So a couple, you and a couple of your colleagues decided, okay, let's put ChatGPT specifically to the test. Um, so, so what was the experiment? What did you do? Absolutely. So it's actually the idea came from one of my colleagues at uh, St. Justin Hospital, his name is uh, Jocelyn Gravel, is also a pediatric emergency physician. And uh, the, the idea was to test whether or not uh, they're able to answer, or ChatGPT is able to answer common clinical questions uh, from, from recent papers. So we just asked it uh, 20 uh, different medical questions published in you know, high profile uh, journals. And after it gave us an explanation, we then asked it, can you provide us your references, right? References are, are kind of a central piece to trust in medical scientific writing, to trust in our society, trust towards science. So we wanted to see whether or not we could provide accurate sources. That was the experiment. And then we went back and, and searched whether those sources were actually real. We found that over 70% of the time, the, the references, the citations that it gave us to support its answers were actually fabricated. So they completely made up their verifying sources. Totally. So uh, what was really uh, scary in a way is that the sources looked great. You know, they were, the title was spot on the topic or the question we had right. asked it yeah. about. Uh, the authors had published on the field. The journals existed. And it just, everything seemed to be nicely knitted together. But then when we tested it on, uh, you know, we, we call it PubMed, it's a repository of uh, medical journals and, 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 and scientific writing internationally. When we put the reference there, it actually did not exist. We tried again on Google Scholar, Google and so on. It did not exist. The actual paper was fabricated. But it would sail right by most people who don't do what you did and go back and try Absolutely. and verify those sources, right? Absolutely, and, and it's alarming because um, a lot of people have started using uh, ChatGPT or similar lar- large language yeah. models uh, to publish, as you mentioned, publish, help with, uh, with their manuscripts, uh, put the text together, to the point where a lot of medical journals, some have actually uh, you know, completely banned it, some others 
have a more nuanced uh, uh, stance on that. So they'll ask that you know, perhaps it can be even listed as a co-author. Uh, and some others are still deliberating. So it's really disrupted the field of medical writing and, and many other fields, as you pointed out. Yeah, for sure. But is there an upside to it? I mean, is it all bad or is it doing some good things too in this area? I think that's a great question. I, I think that's a key question that we need to reflect on as a society, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's not only up to medical doctors or scientists to reflect on that. I think it's up to all of us. And part of my research is really on patient and public engagement in the sphere in integrating AI, integrating digital health uh, for responsible care delivery. Because I, I think you're totally right. We'd be missing on a lot of opportunities if we don't seize this opportunity now in a responsible way. That's the key option. I'll give you a couple of examples. Okay. Not necessarily in medical scientific writing, but just day-to-day um, uh, medical care. Imagine a person who's been hospitalized for two weeks or a week, right? Imagine how many x-rays, blood tests, uh, medical notes are in their chart. Imagine how many hours it'll take a, a resident or, or a doctor or a nurse to actually sit down, review all that, summarize it so that their primary care doctor or so that the family and, and the patient themselves understand what happened. So for a very clear example here in terms of how easy, automatable tasks, but that takes a lot of precious provider time can be done by something like ChatGPT. And then of course, the key part is also double checking what's written there, but it can definitely do that grunt work of summarizing things where the stakes are relatively low because you'll still double check it. And there's in, in, in current status, there's already mistakes that happen in discharge summaries just because of how intricate and detailed it is. Machines are good at that, right? That's, a, that's yeah. an example of how it can help. Can do it so much quickly. I mean, it, it's amazing the power they have. The scary side of it, though, is I mean, we've got this world where we don't know what's real. We have a hard yeah. time handling that information on its own. And if you've got the machine turning back, it, I mean, you could just see that this is fraught with danger, doctor. Oh, absolutely. You know, the uh, we've been hearing more and more about misinformation yeah. and disinformation. Uh, I think this is more so than a call to be cautious about it. I think, I think it's a call for. Um, uh, education and, and awareness at the individual level um, about double checking, checking the sources, trying to educate yourself about a, po- a topic that's important to you, uh, checking with other people, you know, not taking uh, information you see online for granted. I think that's really important for, for all of us to, to keep in mind. Dr. Valuable Work, and I appreciate you coming on and uh, talking with us about it today. Thank you. It, it's been a pleasure. Have a great day.